Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Flashback Friday episode of Learning the Tropes. This episode is The Suffragette Scandal by Courtney Milan. This was episode nine. And this episode came out January 2nd, 2019. So still early in the run, still virginal. We have an argument about how virginal I really am. I say I'm still a virgin. And I say that to this day. So here it is, episode nine of Learning the Tropes, The Suffragette Scandal by Courtney Milan. All right, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Learning the Tropes. I'm Erin. I'm Clayton. And we're your hosts. I am still a veteran. You're no longer a virgin. Yeah, kind of not. <laughs> so how, I mean, how many books do you read until you're not a virgin anymore, though? Because I feel like it's more than just one. Mm-hmm. Because I need to really experience these tropes. That's the thing. I think it's uh, always going to be a new trope or like a new kind of book that you read, and then it's like a little bit different. Yes. Okay, so you're a virgin still. Yay. You're a virgin. I can wear white to my wedding. <laughs> um, before we get started on this week's book, we got an email. Yes. All right, I'm going to read it because uh, it's a good one. I liked it a lot. I love engagement. Um, also, it came from France. Really? I think so. Why? How do you think so? Because her email address, instead of going .com, went .fr. Okay. I mean. Is that? That makes sense. Yeah, that's why I made that conclusion. Cool. <laughs> All right. I'm not very worldly. You're the one who's been to France. I have. There's yeah. Just, it was .fr everywhere I could see. <laughs> Everything was like, yeah, like yeah. Nabisco.fr. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Do they have Triscuits in France? Probably. Why would you have a Triscuit in France where you could eat anything else? I, get, I don't know. Maybe people want to eat like Americans. No. Okay. I can't imagine. Get a baguette. Okay. When I get there, I will. Good one, advice. One day. Listen, maybe our one fan will go do a live show for her. Um, maybe she has an open room. <laughs> can just crash. Couch surf. I guess we didn't ask her what her living situation is like. <laughs> so you got roommates or what's going on? Uh, anyway, so her name is Maya. And she wrote, hey there, loved the episode of Dreaming You. So there are a couple of things I'd like to tell you. And I like that she gets to the right to the heat of it. One, she's a Westcliff girl. Wallflower series book two. So that's in the same series. And if there is something that and if there is something I adore about Lisa Claypass is that her heroes are all alphas in different original and kind of unique ways. So there is no way to confuse them. St. Vincent is a reformed rake and super funny. Derek is the broody guy who always gets what he wants, but Westcliff, favorite guy and sometimes enemy, most times friend of St. Vincent, is this strict lord with high morals and a total know-it-all attitude that I just can't resist. So yeah, I'm a Westcliff girl, and I think Clayton should read his book before St. Vincent's because it makes the experience even more enjoyable. So read Westcliff's book before St. Vincent. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's four books in the Wallflower series. I think we could get away with reading just two and three, and you would know what was going on. Is so, that where we meet Westcliff? Okay. I think we should take her advice. I think so, too. I, I was really thinking about it, and it did make a lot of sense. Two, Lydia has her own novella, where we get to see more of Derek and why he hates her love interest, Lydia Craven. Oh, okay. 
It's called Where's My Hero? The Gamblers of Cravens Number Two, The Brotherhood, McAllisters. Anyway, it's all the books in this like novella Wait, what is, series. I'm downloading it on my Kindle right now. It's called Where's My Hero? Okay. That's perfect. There's more Derek in it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sold. <laughs> I am too, and I can't believe I didn't know about this. How did you not know? I don't know. This was really upsetting. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for that email. That's great. Yeah. We love that kind of stuff. That was great. And I love, I Westcliff, he's a good guy. I'm excited we're going to read his book to see what you think of him, because he- He is, seems snooty. He's a little snooty, but he's he's very different than other like romance heroes in a really interesting way that I really enjoy. So I respect a Westcliff girl. Cool. All right. I, I really love, I mean, Lisa, I, I want to read more of Lisa Claypass. I, mm-hmm. I love that book so much. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm a little under the weather, <laughs> so if I sound a little bit sexier than I normally do, <laughs> it's because I'm full of phlegm. <laughs> what did we read this week? We read The Suffragette Scandal by Courtney Milan. Yay. Or is it just Suffragette Scandal? I can't believe so you did not, you genuinely didn't know how to pronounce suffragette. No, I knew. I was just making sure that okay. I pronounced it correctly because in this book, there's several times where they say you're not pronouncing it correctly because you don't have the exclamation point behind it. Mm-hmm. You're not saying, huzzah, suffragettes. Yeah. That's the way you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how free my favorite heroine says it. Is she your favorite heroine? As I was rereading this, I was like, she's the bomb. I do love her a lot. She is, yeah. Anyway, well, before we get to that, what did we think of the cover? I liked it. I thought it was very colorful. So it's basically free mm-hmm. on the cover, we're to assume. She's got this beautiful blue dress on. She's got that really red hair. She's looking over her shoulder, just kind of, I wouldn't, not seductively, but just, she's very powerful, mm-hmm. I think, as a character. Maybe I'm imprinting that on this, this stock photo, <laughs> because... I liked her a lot, too. Yeah. I was very into Free. I think, yeah, all Courtney Milan's books covers do kind of have a same look to them. Like, you know it's one of her books. And it is always, like, a woman in a beautiful dress. And I do think it's funny that it's called the Brother Sinister series, and there's never a man on <laughs> yeah, yeah. the cover. So we're just like, we. it's not a big deal to us that there are men in these books, which is fine. Yeah, but what happens in this book? This book, <laughs> we have our two main characters, which are... Frederica Marshall, known as Free to her friends and lovers, and Edward Clark, but actually that's not his real last name. He is a scoundrel of the highest caliber, and this book is basically about Free and Edward kind of falling in love, obviously, because it's a romance, but Edward faked his death or he didn't fake his death, right? He's believed to be dead and hasn't told anybody that he's still alive. Mm-hmm. And Free is the owner of a newspaper. She was a publisher of a newspaper ca- called the, uh, what is it called? The, the Women's Free Press. Women's Free Press. And this is the time during women's suffrage. Women did not have suffrage. They did not have suffrage. They were attempting to get suffrage. Yeah. And this was in the the 19th century, right? Yeah, 1877. 1877 in England. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she's fighting for the right to vote for all women. She has this paper and pretty much all female uh, employees except for one gentleman, Patrick Shaughnessy. Stephen. Stephen, that's right. Patrick's his brother. Mm-hmm. See, this is why it's confusing. <laughs> so Stephen is the writer for the... Ask a Man column. And... 
there's a there's a gentleman who free turned down for his hand in marriage who is Edward's brother and he's trying to destroy the newspaper, destroy her life and he's also against suffrage. So Edward comes back and it's he's trying to get back at his brother who kind of was the reason why he is where he is now, right? He he sent him off well, his dad sent him off. Mm-hmm. See, this is why it's so confusing. It's hard yeah. to explain these books. Because well, a lot happened. But yeah. basically, so Edward, there's a commotion at home where he basically stands up for um, Patrick and his little brother Stephen's uh, father because they work on his father's estate, on Edward's father's estate. And then because of that, Edward's father gets so mad, he whips Patrick and Stephen in front of him and then sends Edward to work a trade in Strasbourg, France, which is punishment but he's like i really liked it like he was a good metal worker that's like making your kid go to grad school exactly i'm like i would pay so much to learn how to like forge stuff yeah metal work come on amazing there's places in brooklyn that you probably spend like thousands of dollars taking classes yeah you end up with half a horseshoe yeah (laughs) and you're happy about (laughs) it yeah you're like look what i did (laughs) exactly so um but then edward's best friend patrick the only person who knows he's still alive says his little brother is getting into trouble so edward comes home to help his little brother, Stephen. Stephen is working for this woman, Free, who runs the Free Press, the Women's Free Press. And then Edward, as he's trying to help Stephen, falls in love with Free. And then she keeps getting into trouble because she's just like a little bit of a, well, she doesn't cause trouble, but she, you know, is trying to agitate for suffrage. And what she does is just attracting a lot of people wanting to take her down. And so he steps in to try to be the one to protect her from everything. Even though she may be, well, she does need it. She does need his help. And then they fall in love. See, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. See, you read this book before. Yeah. Okay, so that's probably, you have, you've read it twice, mm-hmm. so you probably know it a little bit better. Yeah, I it, For so. me, it's it's the, the fourth book in the series. So this was the first one of the books we read that was in a series that I was slightly confused by the relationships with the characters. Mm-hmm. But I will say I love this book because I was seriously smitten by Free. I know. The meet cute at the beginning of this book where they're watching a rowing competition. He sees her and he notices her being really engaged in the race. Not just pretending to be. She's not sitting there fanning herself and being bored. She's genuinely engaged in what's happening. And he sees that and he's he's pretty much immediately smitten in mm-hmm. the sense that this is a a different woman than he's ever experienced before. And the way that she's described in this book at that beginning, I really was very much like excited to learn more about her. I felt like I was like falling for her myself. Right. Which has as much as I've liked some of the heroines in our other books, this was the first one where I really was very, very smitten, I guess. I'm blushing. You can see. I, you are. I just, like, I, I, I just liked her attitude. She had such good sense of humor. She had such a good sense of humor. Uh, they bust each other's beans so much. It was so hilarious to see them interact. And he was... I did like Edward, too. He was such a great scoundrel. Um, this is the first... Because... Derek's not a scoundrel, is he? I guess so. Like, he is, but when I think of scoundrel, I kind of think of 
there's almost a playfulness. There was a playfulness to Edward, even mm-hmm. though he was a little bit brooding and he didn't feel like he deserved love and all that stuff. Just his attitude. He was kind of cocky, but lovably cocky mm-hmm. because you know it came from a, a good place. What did you think? I mean, obviously, I love this book, too. Okay. Is this one of your favorite books? Yeah. It's so hard to say, like, who my favorite romance author is because obviously there's, like, Clay Pass and um, Tessa Dare and Sarah McLean and Courtney Milan. And I feel like whenever I read one of their books, I'm like, oh, no, this is my favorite. But I feel like Courtney Milan does something that is really special with her books that they always sneak up on you where I feel like I – and I – you always end up being more emotional than you think without her doing that really heavy handed thing of like, isn't it just like today? Like, don't you get how this is still kind of like today that sometimes Mm -hmm. books aren't doing? Like she does it in such a subtle, beautiful way that you're just like blown back by the words sometimes. I just think that she's a really, really brilliant writer. And I just really love everything that she does, particularly this book because of free. And I think it's hard to write a character like free because she is so, tenacious and so fighting for something and wanting something that frankly she maybe didn't see in her lifetime you're right it wasn't heavy-handed no she had such a good sense of humor free knew that what she was doing probably would be a long road and like you said she might not see the end of it but it didn't stop her or didn't even bog her down Mm -hmm. when we talked about hothead I was not as as big of a fan of that book as you were because of, I thought the subject matter was very, very heavy. Now, this is still heavy subject matter because it does deal with women's rights and the right to vote. And mm-hmm. that was a you know, that's that was a struggle and it was serious. But there, the way that this was written in that period, true romance type of way, I really it, it really resonated with me. I I'm not a period piece guy but the my two favorite books that we read are period pieces so maybe you are i think i am i'm so happy that you liked it yeah i i loved it i did i did i i read it in the bath of course (laughs) i read this whole book in the bath you did yeah this is not a quick book no several baths okay okay. multiple baths i was worried about your little pruny fingers no no i made sure to get out before yeah before i got too prunish Mm -hmm. um but yeah i this was this was a perfect bath book i think yeah. Did you read in the bath at all? No. No. Sadly. No. What like what were scenes that you loved in particular? I mean, their rapport and their mm-hmm. repartee made me laugh. Just they always were going one step over each other. They'd be saying something kind of nasty, and then they'd be thinking, "Oh, I really respect. I really respect <laughs> that she said that. I really respect that he said that." And I, I think I'm a fan of scoundrels. Uh-huh. Because I love that kind of almost Bugs Bunny-ish type of behavior because he's rascally. And I like that he was always forging stuff. He was always trying to get one over on people. But he did have like a genuine uh, care. And he, was, he wasn't he was doing it just to mess with people. He was doing it for a cause. Mm-hmm. But uh, I love that. Be- the meat cute I loved. I loved um, when they finally have sex. Uh, well, before they have sex, when they're making out in, like, they almost have sex in the stable, that was super hot. Do you remember that? What was it? They almost have sex in the stable, but in they the don't. stable? Yeah. In the hay. Don't they take a role in the hay? Where do they first, where do they first, like, make out? Like, really make out? And he's, like, feeling her up and stuff. 
Was that not in a stable? Maybe it was. I'm blanking on it. Oh, no. Now I question my memory. <laughs> I feel like. There oh, was no, that... it was. It was. You're right. <laughs> Thank you. I'm gloating. <laughs> you are. Did you hear that on the podcast? Because it was after the party. And then she went out to the. Yeah. And then she went out and then he was like, hey, I'm here. And mm. then she was like, let's knock boots. Because so my big thing and this was what Edward Clark is not Clark. He's Edward DeLacy. Mm hmm who is going to become, he could become the, what is it, Vis... Viscount. Viscount over his brother, who is going to become Viscount because Edward was presumed dead. So Edward shows up, and one of the ways he was going to save free, because she got locked in jail for pretty much protesting, and they, they were going to do some nasty stuff to her. They don't say what it is, but we assume what it is. So he quickly marries her and then becomes the Viscount. So Viscount. Viscount. uh, Becomes the Viscount so that he can just basically have power over whatever's going to happen to her. And he shaved and cut his hair and did all this stuff. And he shows up to bail her out. And he refers to her as... What the counts? The what is she? The countess? Viscountess. Viscountess. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> back in school. <laughs> then she, he's like, "You're the the uh, viscountess of Claridge," and I was like, "Who the fuck is Claridge?" I was so confused because I thought I was waiting for him to say, "She's the viscountess of De Lacey." Boom! Her head would explode. What? <laughs> but then when he said that, I was like, oh, this lost its impact. But it's because that's the area that he and she now would lord over, correct? Okay. Yeah. But that confused me because I was waiting for that reveal where she would get disgusted by slap him in the face because she has the same last name as the guy that she hates. Yeah. Who was trying to destroy her and burned down her house. And talk with about the, rolling with the punches because she was just like, well, at least my press didn't burn. Let's move on. But her, the note from her aunt I did. Know. And that was a that, I love that note from her aunt that was like, you're gonna, there's going to be a point where you feel afraid. It's going to happen. But it's like what you do with that fear. That's important. I love that part. Oh, my God. I'm going to start crying. And, his, his, and Aunt Freddie was a shut in. She never left her apartment. And then after she died, they found out that she was the author of this giant book series all about this woman who was afraid to leave her apartment her house and then leaves one day and has all these adventures which on freddie never did i know but then she was really rich and she gave all her money to free and that's how she could start the press yeah so it's good but it was also yeah it was upsetting but yeah so they burn the house her house down oh my god it was so stressful and then she's like basically just lived in the press which was fine yeah she made a little palette and then edward stayed with her i know <laughs> And that was the first time they made out. Yeah, that was so sweet. I mean, when she got up and she was only wearing her night rail and just like walked over to say thank you to him, I was like, Free, you know what you're doing. You know, she knows full well what she's doing. Yeah. She you knows she's got it. You were going to get a smooch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's uh, she's something. Mm. <laughs> she certainly is something. <laughs> That's for sure. So he would always wear a glove on his hand that had two fingers missing. What did he have in the in the glove that would make it seem like he had two fingers? Did he have like two droopy 
fingers hanging no, in those I, gloves. No, but he just like stuffed it with cotton or something. He stuff, well, they didn't explain that he, he stuffed it with it cotton. They said it was to his knuckle. It's to his knuckle. So then if you have your knuckle, then you can still like move. But it would be a little floppy at the end. And she never felt the floppy and be like, what's up with this? I don't know. Maybe it was she put wood in there. I don't know. He had time. <laughs> he put wood. Or he metal because put... he was a metal worker. Yeah, but didn't she? you would feel a metal finger. I'm just saying, listen, I'm nitpicking. But yeah. I thought it was it was weird. Like now I was trying to imagine what was in that. What was he stuffing his glove with? Um, I mean, metal work. I think metal is the right answer to that. This was the first because I feel like we've read a few books and then in the Goodreads are like hilarious book. And this is the first book that was like funny. Like there were funny scenes. There were funny terms of phrases. It was like clever. They're funny together. Yeah. The some of the situations are funny. Mm-hmm. Well, when he so there's so many like hiding in places and stealing mm-hmm. from people but there's a point where Edward is hiding in a wardrobe and he mentions how nice the wardrobe is <laughs> and i was like that's so it's so funny he's just a funny character to mm-hmm. notice those kind of things cuz i feel like i would be the same way you were like or stuck in this wardrobe but it's like it's pretty nice this is a nice I, he he said i've hidden in a lot of wardrobes and this is a nice <laughs> one i that i i I loved it. Yeah. I, I think I, I'd like to read more of her stuff because she totally. has such a great, yeah, she has such a great way with her characters. She can deal with heavy subjects, but make it light. Free is such a great heroine. Edward was a great scoundrel. Something that I love about it, too. I mean, so I do love that they profess that they were both sexually attracted to each other at the beginning because I like getting stuff out of the way. And then... I love that anytime Edward was speaking to somebody different, he told them a different time that he fell in love with her. Where when he's like sitting with her brother in the wardrobe, he's like, I fell in love with her three minutes after I saw her. Like, you're dumb. I can't believe it took you two hours to realize I'm in love with your sister. Like, it's obvious. Uh And I loved that. And then at another moment, he says that he fell in love with her at a different time. And then he tells her that he fell in love with her when, um, after her house burned down and then she's talking about the thimbles in the river Tem, And that was like, that is a, like the most beautiful passage about the work that needs to be done that I love so much. I, to, I do it. it. Let's Re- just read. It's it. worth it. Okay. And then she says, you know, and they go back and forth. And then she says, you see a river rushing by without end. You see a sad collection of women with thimbles all dripping out an inconsequential amount. But we're not trying to empty the, the Thames. Look at what we're doing with the water we remove. It doesn't go to waste. We're using it to water our gardens, sprout by sprout. We're growing bluebells and clovers where there once was a desert. All you see is a river and all. But I care about the roses. That's yeah, great. Beautiful. That was beautiful. Yeah. And then at the end, he makes... Well, I love this part, too, because I forgot this somehow where so she after he reveals himself to be a Viscount, she's kind of like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can be a Viscountess and sort of there's a lot of rules that come with that because you had back in those days you would run an estate. And that was basically how and a lot of people depended on you for their income. And so she's like, I don't want to be one of those people who shirks my responsibility, but I want to still do this other thing. And so she's basically trying to decide, like, what life she wants. And he's obviously like, I want to be with you. Uh, But he's very good about, like, on your terms, however you want it. And then they, like, he brings her to his house in Kent and they, like, walk around and she's like, this is kind of a lot. I don't know. But they end up sleeping together and it's beautiful. And then 
he's like, I love her so much. And then he like slips out of the bed and I'm like, are we going to have to deal with him? Like running away thinking like I'm doing what's best for her and leaving. And then she wakes up in the morning. She can't find him. And I'm like, this was like a perfect book. And like, I hate this, but no, because then he is in the, his, uh, like the blacksmith shop of his stables and the day before they had found a drawer full of like an insane amount of thimbles and thought it was really funny, especially because like, you know, they had had that conversation. He took all of his thim- the thimbles and are melting them down to create a beautiful flowers out of the metal for her. Yeah. Ah. He made a beautiful bouquet of flowers out of those thimbles. That was amazing. Yeah. It was phenomenal. Yeah. And he was never, he was like, oh, no, I was never going to leave. I'm just working on a project. Why would you think that? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I thought the same way because it was towards the end of the book. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought, don't do this. Don't add this element of him running away. I yeah. felt the same way when he slips out. But then that was great. It was amazing. And I like that there isn't an epilogue where she's pregnant, which I think a lot of these, it's like, then she's pregnant. Which she probably did get pregnant because they boned a lot. Mm-hmm. And he came in her every single time. Oh, yeah. But that it wasn't about that, I really loved. Yeah. This was really a perfect book. This was. I mean, your love of free is it's palpable. It's real. Yeah. Like, it's real. I think you're in love with Miss Frederica Marshall. I think I am. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I'm in love with her a little bit, too. Why not? Do you want to guess their signs? Oh, yes. Let's do this, because <laughs> this is this is a new thing that we're doing. We yeah. kind of tentatively tried to do this uh, with the Hothead mm-hmm. episode. Well, it accidentally came up during Hothead. And then I accidentally left it off the outline and I sent it to you this afternoon. And you were like, you have to add the sign thing. Come on. We got to talk about signs. Yeah. It's not producer Patty's favorite, but you know what? It's our favorite and that's what matters. <laughs> well, producer Patty doesn't have a microphone. Yeah. So. For a reason. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say, Clayton? Well, okay, so I'm not – I'm going to preface this. This is another thing that I'm not great at because I don't know the signs very well. Mm-hmm. But hopefully I'll get very good at recognizing what uh, characters' signs are. My guess was that Free is a Sagittarius. Okay. And the reason I'm saying that is because a Sagittarius – and I looked this up online – is freedom-loving – Mm-hmm. Good-humored, mm-hmm. intellectual, optimistic, and honest. I think free was all of those things, right? Now, Edward, this is a little bit harder, and I think I'm off on him. I said Capricorn, and the reason I said Capricorn is because they're pessimistic. Okay. And he's very pessimistic. He doesn't think he deserves love. He doesn't feel like he can be trusted, even though he's very trustworthy. And his circumstances were kind of thrown upon him. He didn't create his circumstances. So that's why I said he was uh, a Capricorn. Mm-hmm. I also said he is uh, he, humorous. Capricorns are also humorous. Mm-hmm. So that was my guess. What did you think? I thought that Free was a different fire sign. I said that she was an Aries. Okay. Because Sages, I always associate with also like traveling a lot. Okay. Or really like going out and seeking. Aries are very passionate about what they're passionate about, like dog headed almost. They love the people they love. And then anyone else who stands in their way, they don't give a shit. About. They, not that they don't give a shit, but they're just like, you're in the way of my goal. And so you need to move on. They're very passionate, funny people. 
very smart. So, uh, yeah, stubborn. She's definitely stubborn. She's all that. Like a ram. Uh, And then Edward, I said Scorpio. Okay, why Scorpio? Because Scorpios don't give second chances. Scorpios are very, they bring somebody in and then they sting them. Okay. And that's what I feel like he does. Although the people they love, they love very fiercely, but they don't trust many people. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I was off with Capricorn. It's hard for me with guys because I always assume they're Leos because I'm a Leo. You're very uh, myopic in that way where you're I, like, Every- everybody's a me. Yeah, everybody's a me. Why wouldn't you be a me? I wish they would say what the signs are in these books. Why is this a thing? Why don't they just say, like, when they describe them, also say, you know, Edward with, like, long hair and muscle and missing two fingers and a Capricorn or whatever he is. Born just right after the new year. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, you don't have to say it like that. You can be like... Born at this time with the moon at this place, mm-hmm. and then we'll just know. Just put the charts at the beginning. Like, you know how fantasy novels always have, like, a map of the land that you never look back at? Yeah. Give us our star charts. <laughs> you never look. I like that. Yes. <laughs> that is such a wasted effort because most people will never look at that map ever. I was looking at the beginning to be like, all right, I got where everything is. And In then general. as I'm reading, I'm like, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I wish there it was some way. It took us four days to get there. It took us an hour. I can see it from my house. Who knows? I wish there was some way to orient myself in this yeah. <laughs> world. But yes, when we write our books, we will have their charts Mm-hmm. In the beginning, these, what we're promising for these books, <laughs> I can't wait to read it. It's going to be wild. No, the only time we mention that we're going to re- re- write books is that we will not take any criticism, none at all, Mm-mm. unless it's positive. But uh, and we're just going to put the the signs and the charts in the front. Mm-hmm. It's important. Um, this seems like a superfluous question. Would you fuck them? I mean, free. Yes, of course. You would marry free immediately. Well, you know what? This is what I like so much about this book. And I feel like I'm I feel the same way that Edward at least felt about free that I was really attracted to her personality and didn't really even think about her physicality at all Mm -hmm. until the moment that they started to get hot and heavy. And I was reading this and thinking, I wonder what she looks like naked. Like, I wonder what she looks like naked. But I was never thinking that before the moment. Mm-hmm. I was never thinking, I wonder what she looks like naked while she's just doing the the newspaper stuff. But I feel like that's kind of how I am in real life, too. Like, I'll be very uh, into a, a girl, but never really think of that until the moment comes. And then it's a very fun thing Surprise. to think about. Because yeah. you're like... Oh, whoa, I wonder what this is going to be, because I haven't really even thought that much about it. Yeah. Um, but yes, I would, of course, I would marry uh, I would marry her uh, in a heartbeat. Edward, I would also fuck, because I think he'd be so much fun. Yeah. And he's passionate. You just end up laughing. Have that, a good yeah, time. we would just have such a good time. We would just be like, you know, busting each other's beans in bed. It'd be mm. so much fun. And beans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Same. Both? Yeah. Even with the wood fingers. Well, I don't care. <laughs> you don't care? I don't give a shit. Who needs a pinky? <laughs> yeah, was it a pinky? What? It was a pink it was these two fingers. Oh, okay. Yeah, who needs them, right? Yeah, we're fine. Yeah. Still grip stuff. <laughs> you just <laughs> I'm figuring out how I would live like Edward with my hands. With a little claw. Yeah. You'd be fine. Yeah. Good reads.
I love the Goodreads. Let's this has got to be on a ton of lists. Yes. A lot of the lists were also just sort of like checkbox lists, which aren't as funny. What's fun. the When you say checkbox list, that just means this is what this book is. Yeah. Where it's like a historical written by a minority writer, and you're like, yeah, that's Yeah, that's what fact. it is. Okay. Yeah. Um, historical romance for feminist readers. Yes. Yeah, this is very... I do think there is an element of all romances that are feminist. This is overtly feminist. Social justice romance fiction. Yeah. Historical romances featuring blue stocking scholars and independent misses. I learned that blue stocking... uh, I learned that from the Dreaming of You episode. So, yes, that is true. Mm -hmm. And she was also on this list as well. Sarah was. Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> I know. I got a new honey. Sarah was just physical, though. Free is the whole package. I No, I like Sarah. I like that she shot a dude in oh, yeah. cold blood. That she, was fun. That was so great. And, uh, yeah, and let's not compare women. They're both great, and they both have their merits that are perfect. I Yes, I love them both. Yeah. Yeah. Frank, though. You're right. Brilliant romance heroines and the men who love them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hero in love with a heroine before she is with him. I think so. Before they're together. No, he falls in love with her before she falls in love with him. Yeah, you know what? I think she was probably more just attracted to him. I think he had never met anybody like her and was very was in love with her first. I think she was very too busy to fall in love at she first. She really had so much going on. I she think... had a paper to get out. Yeah. And that was back where she was like set in the type herself. Yeah. I was thinking about that when they talked about like the boxes of punctuation and like Oh, I can't believe I would not have the patience for that. I'd anything. be like, you know what? This is a four sentence paper and I'm going home. I've tried to start a blog like five or six times. <laughs> I can't even do that. I know. You don't have to like find the letters. <sighs> yeah. And she I think he falls in love with her. That first meeting, I think, is infatuation. And then I think when she double crosses him in the bedroom, that's when he's in love. He and that's why I like this book so much is that that's what makes him fall in love with her is getting double crossed. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like Ah, oh, this was a genius move. I love it. Yeah, he's was he like hanging from the window or something when that happened? Yeah. Yeah, and he was like, wow, what a what a move. What a what a lady. <laughs> what a lady, what a move. And then she like has to climb back out the window and she like jumps back down and she's like, Oh, you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought you would have been like, Oh, she fucked me over. Yeah. I'm out of here. Nope. But he was just like, That was great. Let's <laughs> head home. Um, this is my favorite list of these lists because I just imagine the person who wrote this list was in feeling some sort of way about life. Okay. And it really, I really appreciated it. So, uh, romance books where the heroes are not super possessive, controlling, multi-billionaire alpha holes with 50-foot penises and a disturbing tendency towards stalkerish behavior. I would agree with that. Somebody had read a few too many specific kind of books. Yes. And was feeling a certain way about it and did not want to read any more. We did not, we don't know how big Edward was. Which, thank you. Well, you mean thank you for not telling you? Kind of, like, I do get a bit exhausted when the hair, like, the heroine's a virgin, and then she looks at a penis, and she's like, is that going to fit in me? It's so big. How is it ever going to work? And I'm just like, okay. Because that's more, that is more the male fantasy than the woman fantasy, I think. Mm-hmm. A man wants to have a penis as big as physically can be possible, mm-hmm. and it's not useful Mm-mm. for a sex act no yeah i have a friend who dated a guy whose dick was so big that that's why she broke up with him whoa and she was just like i 
she was like to have sex with him she was like i would have to gear myself up for half the day they would have sex it wouldn't be pleasurable for her and then she was basically then i would walk like john wayne for the next day she was like i just couldn't do it anymore so then she was like i just never wanted to have sex with him and then we just ended up never having sex and broke up man that guy's so cool yeah yeah, he's great he's great So historical romance with political, economic, and or social conflict. Uh Uh-huh. Broadsheet, newspapers, and historical romance. Yes. The Women's Free Press. I would subscribe. Uh, King of the Betas, best beta romance hero, male, female. He's a beta? Edward's a beta? No. He's not an alpha. No, I would say he's a beta. What? (laughs) I don't know what, I don't know what these are then. Because he's, I feel like alphas are very like my way or the highway, demanding, telling her what to do, and he never does. He's yeah. always deferring to her. He's always like, uh, "Whatever is best for you. How can I make you comfortable?" But not in a way like I'm. I got to tell you what to do. Like even when he knows that her place is going to be burned down that night, and he's like, "You need to hire people to watch the place," and she doesn't. He's just sort of like, "All right, I told you to hire those guys," <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah," and then I didn't, and he's like, "All right." Mm. <laughs> I guess he is a beta. Yeah. Could I love a beta? Think you could? I, I mean, I liked him. I think he's the first beta that I, I liked. I think, here's the thing. If it's an alpha, you know it. Exactly. Derek was an alpha, and we knew it. Mm-hmm. I knew as soon as I picked up that book and started reading, this guy is going to dominate me, <laughs> and I like it. Yeah. So if we don't think for sure that Edward is a alpha then he's not okay good i think that's good that should be the rule of thumb mm-hmm. yeah it hits you over the head alphas yeah and i do like that edward is the first beta that you're into because you're like hey be fun to hang out with It'd be funny yeah he would be uh all right i just got a few more i promise sure too many. um uh, male positive feminist romance yes there was no guy bashing in this uh romance novels by women of color I, so i did not know that that's cool. Best female lead characters. Of course. Clayton just rolled his eyes at me. Like, why would you even ask if that should be on the list? <laughs> yes, of course. Best bad girl romance her- heroines. Is she a bad girl? I don't think she's a bad girl. Well, here's my thing. Tell me your And thing. she says it in the book, too, where she's like, he's like, you're turning my world upside down. And she's like, no, I'm turning the world right side up. And that's what I think it is. It's like she's a bad girl because she lives in a world where she has to be a bad girl, where she has to flaunt the rules. But like, no, in the scheme of things, she's doing the right thing, but she's living in a world that is turned upside down. Because what she's fighting for isn't bad. And she the way she goes about it isn't bad. Uh, I think she's just a strong f- heroine. But yeah. I get I don't know. Bad girl. I, she's not a bad girl. Because she's good. She. No, I think her she's heart good is too. good. But I do think she's a bad girl, uh, taking into account the time that she lives. Uh, well, okay. We'll agree to disagree. I say not on the list. Okay. Not on the list. Tropes. Yes. What do you got? Oh, I got a lot of tropes this time. Mm. Let me read my tropes. <laughs> Remember that song? <laughs> Let me read my tropes. <laughs> you wanted me to sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I sang a different song. Okay. Strong heroine, smart heroine, fresh scent of pining hero, because he pines. (laughs) I can't believe he wasn't on that list. No, he wasn't. Because he does pine. Adam. Scoundrel. I mean, yes. Viscounts. (laughs) 
Yeah, I guess so. A lot of talk about Viscounts. Royalty. Who is royal? Aren't they all royal? No, they're from a, the peerage. A lord isn't royal. Oh, I guess maybe. I don't know. I would. I always consider royals to be just like queens, prince, princesses. Oh, okay. Uneasy alliance, mm-hmm. which there were several in this book. Faked death. Tragic hero, because he has some tragedy. Fingerless hero. I mean, he has eight. Yeah, but he's missing some fingers. Okay. Less than ten fingered hero, we can say. <laughs> Fake news, because they were they were putting out the fake news about her. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you thought I was just all of a sudden. <laughs> it was a turn. Yeah. Brothers. Confusing lineage. <laughs> I think the more historicals you read, like, it'll start making sense okay. to you. Like, I do think just diving in, you are just sort of like, huh? Yeah. How it all works? That's That's the connections where, you know. Excessive hairpins. Can we talk about all the pins in her hair? Do you remember when they first are she having had 19. sex? She had 19. Is that a lot? No. That seems like a lot. Her, if her hair was down to her butt, she had 19 pins and one piece of yarn. Oh, well, she that, And then she had the whole yarn situation. Yeah. It seemed like a lot. But I thought it was a lot of hairpins. You did not think it was a lot of hairpins? No. Okay. Well, can we say it's a trope, though? Excessive hairpins. I'm going to say excessive hairpins. Okay. So hairpins is the trope. Yeah. And a yarn situation. Okay. Do you ever put your hair up with yarn? No, because we have elastic, so I don't need to. Oh, so elastic has taken over for yarn. Mm -hmm. Man. Sad. No, so. Is that it? Those are my jokes. Are we done? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) What do you think? What are your. Those were all. Those were all good. Yeah. What about you? So I have like. you're too good for me sort of trope from the hero to the heroine, which is like a Persephone thing maybe of like, I'm going to bring you down into the dark. Um, Marriage of convenience, secret peerage. So he's secretly a Viscount. Uh, Feminist boo-sucking heroine. Hero grovels to parents. Hero. (laughs) Did he grovel to them? Yeah, because he basically shows up. He's like, "Uh, your daughter doesn't want to be married to me, but I want to be married to her. I don't know what to do. And then my favorite is like then when Free walks into the house, her mom hugs her and is like, listen, I'll murder him. Yeah. I will murder him. Just give me the word. Like whatever he's in, I will kill him. And Free's like, oh, I don't know. It doesn't <laughs> seem necessary. Um, hero has to spend the night to protect the heroine. Love. I mean, that's one of my favorite tropes of like, I got to keep you safe. So I'm going to sleep by and it's going to be, I'm going to be sleeping rough. Yeah. It's great. Heroine walking around in her night rail. Love that too. Okay. Sexy. Uh, hero has been to war slash seen some shit because he never was in the war. He was just in that town where like all the shit went the down. The bombings happened. Yeah. Uh, hero tortured. Hero thought dead. Hero lies about his identity to heroine. Marriage by special license, which I realize because we haven't read many historicals, you haven't had to deal with the whole special license situation. But apparently there used to be this long thing when you got married in England in olden times where you had to like put your name in the paper three times for over a week and then if nobody said that you couldn't get married then you (laughs) would get married so the only way that you could get married on the quick was either going to granada green in scotland and getting married quick by like a blacksmith or getting a special license which you could only get if you like kind of knew a member like a vicar or something or if you remember the peerage then you could maybe get special license but in these books, everyone gets a special license immediately. They're like, we got to okay. get married fast, special license. Because they didn't want us to have to wait to see each paper come out 
for like yeah. three weeks before they could get hitched. Right. Okay. Everyone gets married real quick. Yeah. Cool. We did it. Well, that's pretty tropey. Yeah. That was a pretty tropey. But that was pretty great. good. Yeah. She did a good job. She did. What has you swooning this week? I'm swooning about a book that I really, really liked called Tenements, Towers, and Trash by Julia Wirtz. And it's a it's an oversized book that is illustrations that Julia did uh, about New York City. Oh, cool. So a lot of the illustrations are st- streets of the city back in the past and then present day and how they've changed. Oh. And she draws them, and it's really awesome. She also has other segments in it that are histories of certain things in uh, in New York, but she has a guide to... Uh, great bookstores in New York that she draws them and I, it, she has a really cool style yeah. and I I I live in New York but I love reading about New York I read so much stuff about New York because I don't know I just have always loved living here it was my dream to live here uh, when I was a kid so being here is like endlessly uh, fantastical for me and these kind of books I really love just that feeling of seeing how things used to be and how things are now and she does a really good job she's really funny too there's some cartoons in there about living in New York and stuff I don't think she lives in New York anymore mm. but she lived here for a good while and she also drew this whole map of her long walks that she would do through the boroughs and I'm a big long walk guy yeah. so I really love this book um you can go to her website, juliewurtz.com, and see some of her drawings. But I would recommend buy this book. If you know somebody who's really into New York, wants to move here, or lives here, and uh, buy this book for them. Yeah. It's it's really awesome. So Support female artists. Absolutely. Spend the money on it. Yeah, buy stuff. Her stuff. Yes. From, like, The Strand or another New York bookstore. Like, well, don't buy to, it from Amazon. You know where I bought it? Where? Books are magic. <gasps> oh. Talk about swoon. Yeah. I love that place. You know what's the great thing about... I'm going on a... a, This is a little bit off top. Well, no, it's exactly on topic. Books are magic. When I go there, everybody's so nice. Yeah. Some bookstores... Genuine. Genuine. Some bookstores you walk in and it feels like you stepped into someone's living room and you weren't invited. There, they're always so nice. Uh, It's a great... It's a great location. It's It's a beautiful store. It's so clean. It's so bright and nice. I love it. I try to get there as much as possible. Great selection. Yeah. So it's always busy, which I like too. And it seems like it's a real neighborhood place. And like last time I was there, people were just stopping by to say hi with their kids and stuff. And it was just like, I was like, oh, this is exactly the dream of a bookstore. I know. So shout out to Books Are Magic yeah. as well. So to piggyback off of both of your things, and I was worried because these were my swoons and I was like, Clayton normally likes putting a little audio portion in there. These are going to be really hard. So the one is something that I didn't talk about when I was talking about my trip, but I was in London recently, um, and I found this bookstore that I absolutely fell in love with, and it's called Persephone Books, and it's in Holborn in London, which is a lovely, lovely area, Um, and it's on a really cute street, and what it is is they find female authors from history who basically had very small runs of their books or their books weren't really shown or maybe they were written under a different name and they reprint them all in this beautiful binding. And so they're really discovering all these um, older female authors. They write up the best little little tags about what the book is about and it's um, 
fiction, but also just like housekeeping books. I don't know. It's like really, really fun. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful store. And if you uh, live in London or if you are going to London, I would say 100% stop there. It's going to be so great. My other swoon, because I got two, because you got two. Yeah. Um, only fair. Only... Equality. Yes. So it was my uh, good friend uh, Tamara's birthday on uh, last Friday. And she had us go on a museum hack tour of uh, the Metropolitan Museum. And the theme of this museum hack was badass bitches. Have you ever heard of museum hack? No. They're all over. I think they started here in New York, but now they have them in San Francisco and D.C. and all over the place. And look it up anytime you go somewhere. Basically, what is, is these tour guides take you through a museum and instead of just showing you like the main things everybody looks at, they tell you really interesting stories about pieces that maybe you wouldn't have always looked at before. So this was Badass Bitches. So it was just basically bringing us through the Met and showing us uh, female artists who maybe weren't going to get the attention that they were going to get. Um, stories of uh, the only female pharaoh where they destroyed all of her images. And so in the Met, they have a room of all these like broken pieces. It is phenomenal. My tour guides were Elizabeth and Kylie. They were so fun. They were so energetic. We had the best time. So if you live in New York City or you're coming to New York City, look up, do the Badass Bitches tour of Museum Hack. It's such a great time. It's such a great time to spend uh, an evening. And I really, really loved it. So is this through the Met or this is separate? This is It's a separate organization. Oh, and I also, I got to see, so I'm writing a script right now, and Alva Vanderbilt is one of the characters. She's somebody who really lived. And the Met has her sister-in-law's fireplace. And I almost started crying. I loved it so much. It was beautiful. So I would say it was good. Now that I gave you your notes, you're going to read off some of how they can find us, how you can get in touch with oh, us. Oh, no. I, I knew know. there had to be some kind of, <laughs> it's not just from the kindness of your heart. Where, where can they find us? Where can I find these on my sheet? <laughs> it's the last page. Okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. It's my first time. I'm a virgin. <laughs> to getting reading. notes, I finally thought you were ready, but maybe you weren't. No, I'm ready. I'm ready. It's I'm too ready. early. I'm ready. No, I'm ready. I'm okay. ready. I'm ready. Okay. <clears throat> so, rate, review, and subscribe. That's how we get new listeners. If you guys go on iTunes, especially Apple Podcasts, I guess it's called now, uh, rate and subscribe. Uh, that helps us a lot to get get other podcasts out there. You can email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. We'll read your email. Mm-hmm. We just read an email at the beginning of this show, so we, we love getting emails. Twitter, we're at learningtropes. And Instagram, at learningthetropes. Good job. Right? You did it. All right. So that was The Suffragette Scandal by Courtney Milan, our ninth episode ever. Really interesting to listen back to all these old episodes. One of the most interesting things about this episode is that we did a segment, a very unpopular with our producer, Producer Patty segment, called What's their sign? Where we talk about characters, astrological signs. Now, me and Aaron were very excited about this segment when we came up with it, and Pat hated it and wanted us to get rid of it. And after a few episodes, we did. We got rid of it. And I gotta say, I agree with Pat. And nothing against astrological signs or anything like that, but it is a little off topic for our podcast. 
And I'm just not good at it. I don't know what anybody's sign is. I only know maybe who's a Leo because I'm a Leo, but otherwise I'm not so great at it. So, you know, he's a producer for a reason. He's going to not listen to this, probably, but uh, Pat, if you do listen, you were right. So the important thing about this book was the introduction of Free, who was the first heroine that I really fell in love with. I mean, I liked previous heroines and and stuff, but she was someone I had a, a, a really strong reaction to as soon as I read about her. She was funny. She was strong. She was outspoken. She was sexy. All the things that you want in a heroine. This book was, and not to just go over what I already said in this, in this, in the episode, but it did stand out as so clever and the back and forth between these two characters was so, so fun that it's an aspirational kind of relationship, being able to give as good as you take when it comes to witty repartee. The other thing interesting about this episode is I have not read Where's My Hero yet, and I can't believe I haven't read it because it's got my beloved Derek in it. I I listen back to some of these episodes, and I'm thinking, I say I'm going to do all these things and read all these books, and I just totally forget because once I record... Uh, pretty much everything, well, once I record and edit, pretty much everything goes out of my head. But I got to read that. Hopefully, I can get Aaron to read it for the podcast because it just makes sense to read romance books for this podcast because otherwise I feel like I'm cheating on y'all. It does. It feels like cheating. If I if I read a romance novel and I don't talk to you guys about it, you guys and gals, I just it just doesn't seem right. It seems like clandestine, like I'm 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 doing something wrong. So I definitely want to figure out how to a way to 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 read that and get that maybe on the show. Let's think about it. I know all we want to do is clay pass, but still. Oh, and another thing is we got really excited about getting an email from France, which is still exciting, guys. When you send us emails and when we get reviews, and you know. Domestic reviews are great. We love domestic reviews. But getting mail from far-flung places, it's cool to know that we have an international reach. That's just really fun. And someday, someday, I would love to get to a few places that we have a lot of fans. And not for any reason other than just to travel. Because one of the things that I, I never really have done because I spent so much time in the city, is be able to travel and taking the time to travel. And I think that's something that I'm definitely going to do once all of this is over with. So thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast. We're coming back in February, so new stuff coming soon. It's going to be great. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for doing everything you do. And... There's still no till next time. I got to come up with a till next time, but there will be someday, someday, or maybe it's just till next time. Have a happily ever after. <laughs> that's stupid. No, that stinks. That stinks. I'm not gonna. No, that stinks. It's really bad.